Michael Crane Podcast, everything you need to know about business and entrepreneurship with your host, Michael Crane. So today I have Fraz with me, Fraz Mahmood. He's the co-founder of Blockchainology. Let's kick this podcast off today and just tell our viewers why you set up Blockchainology. Back in 2015, I think we met on a on a trading uh, technical analysis stocks and shares sort of training program um later into that venture a couple of years down the line um i come across cryptocurrencies in particular bitcoin and bitcoin trading sort of went all in um trying to trade bitcoin not understanding what the technology was about and all i remember is at the end of month one i was about 30 percent down on my total portfolio and I thought, oh, heck, what the hell has happened here? This has all gone ter- terribly wrong. So I, I literally sort of panicked and froze and stopped and pulled my money out. And rather than running away, what I decided to do was actually research uh, the industry because I found uh, the more and more I was looking at Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies, I thought it was, it was incredible what was going on in that space. It was uh, sort of like the wild, wild west. And as I was learning more about the technology and obviously the investment opportunities, because that's the reason I got in in the first place, um, I decided it would be great to sort of, you know, once I'd learned what was going on and I I had a a passion and a belief that this was going, this was only going to go one way. I decided um, to couple with my background, which is uh, IT and technology, um, infrastructure, that sort of stuff. Um, I decided that I wanted to help others get into the industry by helping them understand what blockchain was, what cryptocurrencies were, and why they were going to play a huge part in the future. So we set up um, a company at the time called Blockchainology, which was a, a blockchain consultancy and education service. We started getting into the education and training program. We were doing crypto meetups. We were doing online virtual meets. Uh, got invited through Oxford University channels to go to Dubai to deliver a presentation on blockchain technology and the VAT industry. And I mean, it was, it's been so many different things that have happened over the last couple of years, been involved in some ICO projects, some ITO projects, some advisory stuff on blockchain. And uh, yeah, it's just been a roller coaster of a ride. And here we are now, 2021. So I think a lot of people will be thinking about cryptocurrency. Most people know Bitcoin, obviously, being the most, uh, most popular, or maybe not the most popular. So tell me, should people get into Bitcoin today and if not why not that's a bit of a a, a, um, a double whammy question because the answer i mean the answer to that is definitely yes but obviously with the the price and going up at so, appreciating so high so quick in a short space of time after the twenty thousand uh, all-time high breakout so it's at a sort of level that i would just be cautious and look to maybe dollar cost average rather than you know go 100 percent all in but Overall, let me say this, Bitcoin is is going to be one of the biggest cryptocurrencies, technologies, digital asset classes of all time. It's going to it's going to create history. You're seeing lots and lots of institutions now coming in, hedge funds coming in, hedging their money. So I would say let's follow the smart money, but also knowing where the technology is going, what's going on on the on the ground in terms of development. Uh, the support that it's uh, gaining, it's 
it's only going in one direction for me. We're only going to go higher in the long term. I hear a lot of bad press about Bitcoin uh, and the banks generally don't like Bitcoin and the governments around the globe don't like Bitcoin. What's your view on that, Fraz? Um, I think I think that was always going to be a given because Bitcoin, um, you've got to remember, it came out of the 2008 financial crisis. It was like the phoenix, phoenix that come out of the the ashes of what, you know, the financial crisis and the financial crisis, let's, let's get it, let's get it straight. was down to banks, down to the fact that they were um, up to no good, you know, in some cases doing a lot of illegal activity. We saw the collapse of the likes of Lehman brothers and other, other institutions, the Royal Bank of Scotland suffered because of that. Now, going back to Bitcoin, um, it is, it completely goes against the grain of what the banking industry stands for. It's completely at the other end of the spectrum. Whereas banks are controlled and via central sort of authority, Bitcoin is the money of the people. It's, it's money managed by a consensus network of groups of people, thousands, hundreds of thousands of people that maintain the network. So it's completely decentralized. Nobody actually has the authority over Bitcoin as such. So banks are always going to oppose it. Um, but what you're seeing, what you're seeing, Mike, is the likes of JP Morgan now coming out and saying Bitcoin's going literally going to the moon. I think there was a statement uh, earlier today about uh, JP Morgan issuing something like it's going to be worth $146,000. There's been previously JP Morgan have said it's going to, you know, over the next three or four years, it's going to skyrocket and they're getting behind it. All of the big banks like Goldman Sachs, JP Morgan's, um, they're either holding treasury assets in their treasury portfolio or they're going to be um, using, uh, sorry, offering services to, for their customers to buy and sell Bitcoin. Also, you've seen the likes of PayPal announce a few months ago, but I think back in October, uh, the CEO announced that we're going to be, you know, uh, opening up Bitcoin to, sorry, Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies to our, you know, is it 24 million merchants and a few hundred million clients so you can only see that cryptocurrencies and bitcoin in particular is going to do tremendously well and the banks although they may not like it it's one of those scenarios where you either you either just keep ignoring it until it gets too big and then you can't get in or you just gotta you've just gotta get in and just manage with it as best as you can when you say get in what do you mean I mean, get get invested. I mean, support the technology, support the infrastructure. Um, it's there's there's so much going on in terms of the development um, in the Bitcoin community. You've got to remember, Bitcoin is in particular is it's software programmable money. It's the money of the internet. We're move, we're in the internet world. We've been here for what twenty plus years, right? Two or three decades, and it's only going that way. Central banks are now issuing their own uh, digital currencies off the back of Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies, they've seen this as a natural progression. So I reckon in the next decade, we're going to be a fully digital economy. It's all going to be all sorts of tokens like the Sterling uh, crypto token. And you're already seeing the crypto WAN in China. So it, that's going to be the, the new norm. What is the difference between Bitcoin and a cryptocurrency? Or are they the same? Well, cryptocurrencies is generally the, the common terminology that, it's like the basket of different 
crypto assets get put into that 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 name that title bitcoin itself is a store of value it's money it's the first application using blockchain technology so it is um, money as an application the first use case of blockchain technology other cryptocurrencies are not necessarily currencies per se um, they are pretty much like a hybrid because think of stocks and shares right they're companies that have got like amazon like from microsoft dell they are companies businesses that had an idea that launched a uh, launched a, a business sold its shares to potential customers that ended up becoming shareholders pretty much in the same way um cryptocurrencies were they all started off as an idea. Someone had an idea, wrote a, a white paper, uh, launched a seed funding campaign, a crowdfunding campaign, and they were issued tokens almost to the liking of shares, but without some of the shareholder rights. So they're essentially businesses. These cryptocurrencies are businesses that are offering some sort of uh, software application as a service or a platform as a service. Uh, some blockchain, smart contract capability, all different sorts of, um, so in some cases, some of them are just tokenizing um, commodities, equities, real estate, that sort of thing, and allowing you to buy tokens um, and getting in, get involved in purchasing these cryptocurrencies. I think well, what we're seeing is uh, cryptocurrencies are being, they're going to be, I think in the next five or 10 years, you're going to see most of these cryptocurrencies, if not all, going to be tradable via, you know, debit cards, credit cards. You can go into a coffee shop and pay. Um, you can pay, you can do that right now. You can do that right now. You can actually go into a, you know, Costa Coffee, buy your coffee, pay using crypto, using the Visa or a master debit, debit or a credit card type thing. So like a fintech app, there's loads of these services already available. So from that perspective, it's like a hybrid. It's like a, a currency and a share rolled into one, but it's on a, you know, it's a, a completely different asset class. So, so you're saying that we could start buying houses, our, our homes <laughs> in Bitcoin in the near future? Um, I think you're going to see that coming. I think that there's, I'm sure there's, I've people, I've the people have bought all sorts using Bitcoin. Um Yes, and the mechanisms are already there. So you already got like the likes of, I think, Microsoft. Um, you've seen trials in like Starbucks and Subways. You've seen loads of the the big, big larger companies offering Bitcoin as a way to purchase an item. So that's only natural. That's you know, there's there's also places like a Bit Refill where you can actually buy vouchers, right? You can trade, you can buy crypto based vouchers which you like for, for amazon for example and you can go and buy goods off amazon so you can trade your crypto for a voucher using bit refill and then use those vouchers using your cryptocurrency to go and purchase goods from amazon there's all there's all sorts of there's all sorts of mechanisms to use your cryptocurrency and over the next few years you're only going to see it become more and more mainstream there's going to be lots of different ways of interacting buying purchasing sending storing all of that stuff it's all coming it's all happening so do you think the uh, the future will be that um there will be no hard currency as we know it today and and people will be spending bitcoin currencies from say their phone or the cards that you were referring to to actually be moneyless in their pocket 
but have all their money securely held on their device. What's your view there? Yeah, I think I definitely think we're going to a completely 100% digital economy. You've seen it with all of the the banks. I know, like, like I mentioned, the the um, the Chinese that are launching their the pet sorry not the petro one the um, their own digital central bank backed digital currency, and you're going to see these discussions are taking place all over the world. I think Venezuela tried to launch one backed by cr- crude oil, but I think. The, um, I forget the um, prime minister's name or the president's name, but he got, um, I think he got exposed for trying to pull off a scam there or something. But I, I can't remember the exact story, but I know. But what, so what you're seeing is you're going to see it's, it's a natural progression because I say that because we're, we're already a digital economy. I think, I think I might be wrong here, but I think 80% plus of our money, money that we use today is based in digital transfers like visa debit cards etc you know how many people carry hard cash around with them unless you're del boy and rodney um <laughs> most of us you know we're, we're, we're using like things like google google pay and apple pay and uh, you know i've lost track of how many different mechanisms of pay there are you could just use your phone now right so it makes sense to be a complete digital economy also it allows banks right as much as I hate this, but it allows banks to trace your every movement, your every spend. The taxpayer, HMRC, are going to love it, right? <laughs> they know where you're spending your money, how much money's coming in, where it's come from. And with that, obviously, there's some challenges. Uh, I know there's a privacy issues, but at the same time, I think what you'll find is there's going to be a lot of benefits. So it's a case of let's see how the space grows and let's give it time to mature. So you think, I think it's already started this shift, hasn't it, with the COVID pandemic that we're currently in. There's so many outlets at the moment saying we're not taking cash. You either pay by credit card or on your phone. And um, only a number of years ago, if that were the case, these shops would have gone out of business. Absolutely. I think the, the, the shift is already changing and people are going out now for the first time with nothing in their pocket but certainly money on their phone or in their credit card or in their bank that they can leverage while shopping so what's your view there it's i like 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 a you know i've been saying we are we're almost we're not 100 percent there yet but we're moving to a digital a completely 100 percent digital economy it's going to happen regardless of what anyone thinks it makes sense it's happening already like i said i think i i forget that the stats escape me but i think it's somewhere like 80 to 90 percent in the uk which the money that's traded is actually digital it's not printed paper notes um and you know you can't get away with um once hard money's gone hard money has useful um obviously if you're trying to avoid tax or trying to avoid the HMRC. You know, a lot of people use cash for that, right? Because you can't trace cash once it's gone out of your pocket. You don't know where it is. Whereas with digital currency and digital money and digital payments, every single transaction is recorded on a ledger somewhere or a transaction history or a database somewhere. So we are definitely moving into that. It makes sense for from a lot of different angles, whether it's from central banks, whether it's from you know, crypto uh, enthusiasts, etc. So that's coming. Well, that's a really uh, insightful, fantastic first half 
Fraz. Thanks so much. Let's just take a short break there. But when we come back, we're going to be going deep into if you are starting out on your investing journey, why should you start investing in Bitcoin and the associated cryptocurrencies? So let's just just take a short break there and we will be back. Phrase is the co-founder of Blockchainology, a UK-based non-profit community and interest group specializing in crypto assets and blockchain education. To learn more, go to www.blockchainology.co.uk. And now we come back to the second part of the interview with Fraz Mahmood, a Bitcoin guru in the industry. The second half, we're going to be talking about why we should be getting into Bitcoin right now. If someone's starting out with a thousand pounds in their pocket, what's the first thing they should be doing right now? Okay, good question, Mike. Um, I think first thing is, you know, I've mentioned this several times before, education, but how do you get the education, right? Um, I know Coinbase, Coin Telegraph, I think even Binance do a on on their websites they've got a section for new beginners and new learners or entrants and if when you go up you'll learn about things like you know Bitcoin 101 so you learn about what is Bitcoin, what is blockchain, what are cryptocurrencies, how do you buy cryptocurrencies, you'll learn about things like smart contracts, market cap, how to transfer between wallets, how to you know so you'll learn to sort of A to Z at high level. And there's some really good stuff on YouTube. You'll find uh, by some of these companies have actually made your life easy by even demoing um, how to, you know, transact, how to buy and just general information about what cryptocurrencies are, how they work. So you'll get that whole A to Z available on most proficient websites like Cointelegraph, Coinbase, and then just get skin in the game, I guess. Go, in, this, go yeah, into Coinbase. Yeah, and you've got to get skin in the notes. game. Listen, you, you know, you can easily get left behind by trying to time the market. As you know, Mike, we, you know, we've been trading for a long time, right? Sometimes you just have to get skin in the game and then yeah. look to, you know, build, start building a position. Because once you've got skin in the game, you're then a bit more tuned and a bit more alert. And then you're looking at buy levels and sell levels. Always have a, a, a buy strategy and a sell strategy before you get into something right if you're trading you should always know where you're going to sell where you're going to buy where your stop goes etc but as an investor you want to know you know you dollar cost average i've mentioned it uh, earlier on but dollar cost average dca you know set sp- split your money into like five or chunks 20 percent at a time and buy at different levels depending on where the market's going and average your way in I was only speaking to a dear friend a couple of days ago, and she said to me, Michael, I must get into Bitcoin. Everyone's talking about it. My friends are making a lot of money and certainly living off the proceeds. Now, there's a lot of things right there, but there's an awful lot of things wrong there. So from your perspective, what would you have been saying to my friend? Well, I think number one is... I think a lot of people jumped into cryptocurrencies, including myself, on the back of speculation. 
and you sort of jump in, uh, you lose a bit of money and, you know, a couple of months later, you sort of panic and you sell and you're gone. You, you run for the hills. And I think education is so important about this technology. And, you know, I, I haven't really, I didn't really truly understand Bitcoin and in particular, because I mean, I, mean, I mentioned Bitcoin because that is the genesis crypto asset, the first of its kind and completely, truly decentralized money for the masses, you know, and completely transparent, decentralized, uh, borderless, stateless, universal currency, a bit like gold. It has all of the components of gold, except that it doesn't have the issues with weight and fungibility, divisibility in terms of how easy it is to transact and move around. You, don't, you know, you're trying to buy a house with gold. You're going to be carrying a few bars around and obviously all the security measures and stuff like that. But as a store of value, Bitcoin has been tremendous uh, over the last what, five or six years in particular, if you look at the stats, I think it only it's only had one year where it's returned negative um, uh, appreciation over the year. That said, so education, I think, is absolute essential to understand what it is about this. Otherwise, what's going to happen is you're going to see prices dip with a bit of volatility and you're going to, like I said, run for the hills. And once you actually understand the technology, you can only see one thing. You can see where the industry is going, not just the cryptocurrencies industry. I'm talking about at a macro level where central banks are moving, where states are moving, the problems around the world with the current financial monetary system, you know, this constant printing of money that we see by the banks where they're diluting uh, the money supply, causing inflation, inflated assets. And at the same time, you're seeing, you know, a huge disparity between the wealthy and the working class. There's no, you know, pretty much no middle class anymore. Either you're extremely filthy rich or you're, you know, like, in that working class bracket and Bitcoin, I think, and other crypto assets have given us that opportunity to not only um, take control of our money because it's completely, truly decentralized money, but at the same time, ride this new asset class, this new, we're, we're right at the cusp at the beginning. It's like, I would, I would say it's like going back to the two thousands, just post we had the dot com boom, then it bust, then it went bust. And then you saw it rise out of the ashes again, a bit like uh, cryptocurrency in 2017 when it crashed. And now we're seeing that rise. So I liken it to that sort of period. And you're seeing institutional adoption. And these guys have, you know, they're investing hedge fund money. They're not, they're not stupid guys, right? It's taken a bit of time for them to come on board, but they can see where this is heading. They can see digital currencies are going to be um, the future. Bitcoin in particular, one of the key things about Bitcoin and why people are flocking to Bitcoin is it's proven itself as a store of value over the last 10 years. It's outperformed gold. Gold is like the number one store of value. It's got 5,000 years of history, 5,000 years, sorry, of history, uh, proven track record. So like when you see um, people looking for a safe asset to invest like Warren Buffett did recently. He, I think he sold about four or $500 million worth of uh, stocks in a company. I can't recall which one, but, and he moved it straight into gold as we saw the volatility coming into the financial system due to COVID and the cusp of recession. So Bitcoin is a better store of value than gold proven in the last several years, judging by its performance. Also the scarcity one of the biggest driving factors at the moment is supply versus demand. We know there's only 21 million Bitcoins that are ever going to be mined. Because of that, 
you're seeing people flock and you're going to see more of this happening where you're going to see huge purchases of Bitcoin, people adding it to their either to their treasury reserves or they're adding it to their investment portfolio. Uh, you're seeing publicly listed companies actually buying Bitcoin um, in the hundreds of millions of dollars, in some cases in the billions of dollars. So, so it's happening. So as a regular person like myself, Mike, like yourself, this is you know, it's time for, you know, the, the lesser fortunate people to get a bit of that, um, get a piece of the pie, get a bit of the action, get into this asset class before, you know, you know, before it's three or four years down the line and, you know, you regret, you regret it. This is like the post or the dot nineties boom bust and then boom again. This is that sort of period. So once you've uh, been educated, what next? Well, what next is to get put skin in the game, get invested. Um, I would always advise, and I always, I'm not a financial advisor, by the way. This is my uh, this is a this is advice that I give to myself and for entertainment purposes only. If I was um, advising a friend of mine, for example, um, I would say look at Bitcoin as your foundational base. Um, investment in your portfolio in when you get into crypto assets because that is the one that all the institutions are going for that's the one that there's a scarcity of that's the one that's going to drive the whole industry forward most of the other crypto assets i would say most um i don't know in terms of um, longevity and life i'm not sure in terms of you know how well they're suited for the longer term so you must do your research into each and every asset like you would do with a stock or share and but you know you've got bitcoin you've got ethereum you've got some other great cryptocurrencies in the top 20 or 30 um uh, crypto prices by market cap you can check that on on any website uh, by going to google so have a look at the ones that have been around that have really been doing a lot of development work and what they're offering, because you've got to know what these, these um, cryptocurrencies are actually doing, what they're about. Are they just another, you know, have, have they got a lot of competition? Are they trying to solve a real world problem? Are they trying to deliver something that's unique? Is it going to be benefit to society? So where do you find information about what those crypto, these cryptocurrencies are doing in the background? Well, I mean, like, you can see, obviously, go to first point of action would be to go to an individual cryptocurrency website, have a look at their blogs, have a look at their uh, user base, the community groups. Uh, most of them are on Twitter, Telegram, etc. Also, have a look at something like Coin Market Cap um, or Coin Gecko. There are online websites, and have a look at you know some of these projects and what you know what the how many there are out there you can actually get links to websites from that you get you know all of the financial information that you need some charts etc historical data so it's a good place to start to see you know like for example the top 10 cryptocurrencies by market capitalization um they they have generally every tradable cryptocurrency listed on their website and then like i said from there you can go to their website do a bit of research to find out what's going on. There's loads of good links on YouTube, lots of videos, lots of people have done really good stuff on Bitcoin and crypto assets as a whole. So there's no shortage of information, Mike. So from a fundamental point, that covers that area. From a technical 
analysis point of the charts. Mm. How yep. important is that on the ideal place to buy a particular cryptocurrency? Cryptocurrencies, I think they're quite generally quite volatile just purely because their market cap for most crypto assets is very small, meaning that you know, just a, a few million dollars worth of trading in a day could really spike a price or 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 a price tanking by 10, 15, 20%. It's, it's pretty, it's like the normal norm in this uh, industry. It's a bit like penny stocks, right? It doesn't take much to move that market because a lot of these projects, a lot of these companies, these tokens are very small by market capitalization. Bitcoin, on the other hand, obviously at the moment is trading, I think, in excess of $600 billion. Um, the whole crypto industry is about, it's under $900 billion as at the time of this um recording right and uh, bitcoin at the moment is roughly about just over $32,000 and it's trying to go for us i think a second test of the $35,000 mark it may well not get past that point and we may see a, a retracement in price and i think that will be healthy to be honest i think uh, a little bit of a sideways action a bit of consolidation a bit of um ranging in price maybe between you know you might see price ranging between $24,000 and mid 30s or something like that. That's, that's quite a big range. But, you know, at the moment, uh, you know, I would like to see a healthy uh, consolidation period to see uh, a nice healthy move up. I, I do think, though, one of, the, one of the things is that there's a lot of institutions now interested in Bitcoin. And that's the sort of thing. This is not, you know, if this was post post $20,000 breakout and institutions hadn't come in, I think I know what I'd be doing. You know, I'd be selling at the high and try and buy back at, you know, lower levels. But I'm just a bit concerned if, if you're, you know, people that are holding Bitcoin, I wouldn't like to trade my Bitcoin, but if I was buying and I, st I still bought at high prices, uh, dollar cost average, as in, you know, buy, you know, if you want to buy a hundred pounds worth of Bitcoin, buy that in five stages in five separate phases like over you know five weeks or you know a couple of weeks spread spread your risk so if it does go down you get to you know buy some at that level and if it does go up you sort of balance it out and um so where should people go to buy their first bit of currency i think the easiest place um is coinbase i think coinbase is probably one of the most um it's one of the natural places to go. I think most people end up on Coinbase as the first point of call. It's it's pretty easy to set up an account. It's quite user friendly, um, easy to you know fund your account and buy um, some of these crypto assets. It doesn't have all of the cryptocurrencies in terms of uh, from a selection point of view, but it's it's got a, a decent portfolio of crypto assets. And then naturally from there people start moving to things like uh, Binance, which is a crypto to crypto exchange. You can, again, you can go onto Binance and buy with your credit card. But I, I would always recommend Coinbase as a first port of call, just because it sort of makes your journey a little bit easier. It's a bit more intuitive, uh, a bit more easier for somebody that hasn't purchased you know, cryptocurrencies before or even like things like stocks and shares, because sometimes that can be a bit daunting as well if you don't know what you're doing. But so I would definitely recommend uh, Coinbase and then have a look at Binance. So I remember a number of years ago uh, buying my first Bitcoin on Coinbase. It was quite a tricky 
process. Yes. Yeah. Can can you tell me has it got any easier? It, it definitely has got a little bit easier. The the interface is a bit more you know intuitive, but compared to some of the other crypto exchanges, some of them were horrible to you know buy crypto assets. It was really clunky and poorly designed. I remember Bittrex was the first cryptocurrency exchange I used several years ago to buy to convert crypto to crypto, different one you know one cryptocurrency to another one, and it was horrible trying to work out. What was going on there? I couldn't work out, you know, where's my money gone? There was a few numbers on the screen, a, few, a long transaction ID, and it just disappeared. And you're sort of, damn, where's my money gone? But um, Coinbase is definitely the, the first port of call. I think it's the easiest way to get in. And then once you're sort of comfortable, you can then start, once you're comfortable with how money's, how cryptocurrencies, sorry, are transferred between wallets from an exchange to maybe like a hardware wallet or a software wallet. Once you start ex getting exposure to that, your journey just becomes a lot easier and you start, you know, it just makes your life easier when you're moving on to other platforms. So am I right in thinking you would invest your British pounds to buy your Bitcoin in Coinbase and then you would transfer that money over to the exchange to trade on the exchange if, for other trading, yeah, I mean, for me, look, you know, I I no longer trade my Bitcoin. Um, I'll trade cryptocurrencies, but I won't trade my Bitcoin, and that's just because of where I believe Bitcoin's going, and I just don't want to take any risks. I'd rather trade my cryptocurrencies to earn Bitcoin, because I, I trade in BTC pairs. Um, so that that I don't mind doing that, but I just don't want to touch my. Um, any little amounts of Bitcoin that I own. I don't want to really take the risk with that per se. Um, sorry, I forgot the second part of your question. Uh, to transfer the Bitcoin over to uh, the exchange yeah. to buy other cryptocurrencies. Definitely. I think Binance is definitely one. It's probably, the reason we say Binance is because it's probably, I think, one of the, if not the, one of the biggest exchanges out there. I can't remember in terms of trading volume what they're doing, but they have a, a fantastic platform, lots of liquidity. Um, and from a user experience point of view, it's brilliant. Uh, so I would definitely recommend Binance as uh, crypto to crypto trading. So if you want to get into cryptocurrency trading, Binance is definitely one of the top exchanges to be doing that at. So I just want to take you back to an earlier part in this podcast, Fraz. And you mentioned the very first thing you would educate yourself in order mm -hmm. to understand uh, what yep. it is you're doing and wh wh what the markets are doing. What sort, of, uh, what sort of thing after you're educated would you recommend our listeners to do then? Well, I think once you, once you understand, once you understand what the industry is about, what this technology is about, it's I, I, this is a whole new ecosystem. Uh, Bitcoin in particular. I mean, I know I talk a lot about Bitcoin, but I think it's because it's a it's a new financial monetary system. It's a network and a and a currency, right? Combined. It's it's you know I believe it's money because there's a difference between money and currency, and the key difference is store of value, right? And that's why gold, silver, Bitcoin now are being you know touted as stores of value whereas if you compare that to the dollar the pound which has i think lost both 
in fact, have lost about 97 to 98% of their purchasing power since the collapse of the Bretton Woods um, system back in the 70s, right? Um, when it was when the dollar was backed by gold. So you're seeing what you're seeing is you're seeing this inflation, right, with fiat based currencies like the pound and the dollar. But Bitcoin, on the other hand, is a deflationary currency. So you don't get to you don't get to a situation where you see inflation is a hedge against inflation. So I think after studying and understanding what is going on with this ecosystem, right, you, you, there's only two ways you're going to go. You're either going to really believe and see the light at the end of the tunnel and think, you know what, this is, this is a new monetary system all in one by itself. But, you know, if the banks can't control it or regulate it, are they going to fight it all the way and try and stop it? They can't stop it. We know that. We, we know they can't stop it. Can they make it difficult? But the, the thing is, there's so many people adopting and coming on board now that they have to jump in and get with the program. So I think going back to your point, education is important. And then I think, I think, like I said, you need to start looking at maybe have a look at other crypto assets and see what they're actually trying to do, you know, and where the technology is moving. Do you want to get a, become a part of that ecosystem? Do you think you've got something that you would like to, you know, bring to the, to the, to the table is there something you would like to maybe explore blockchain technology explore blockchain blockchain is what makes bitcoin what it is that application that money that that software network that would be my advice how do, how do you deal with uh, people thinking that bitcoin is a scam and if they put their hard-earned money into bitcoin they're going to lose it all i think i think that's been going around i think for about a decade now We've had so many people come out and say it's a scam. We've had so many people come out and say it's being used for money laundering and illegal activities. But let's let's get one thing straight here, right? We've seen more illegal activities with pound sterling and the US dollar. The US dollar is the weapon of mass destruction or, you know, it, you know, it's it's caused wars and all sorts, right? And there's more fraud going on with dollars than there is um, cryptocurrency. Is there something, has there been, you know, fraud or has there been, you know, illegal activities with some cryptocurrencies? Of course they have. And you can't, you can't, um, unfortunately, you can't stop that. You can't stop that with regular digital currency, right? You can't stop that with cash. So I think that's like a red herring and a cheap shop. And I think Bitcoin has proven itself over the last decade to be a store of value. And I think that you can't deny it's, it's had, yes, it's had a few boom bust cycles, but then Amazon, I think, in the last since inception, has like had at least eight, nine, or even 10, 40 to 50% crashes, right? Tesla, I think, 2020 had two 50% dips in price. Yeah, one was driven by the early one in March because of COVID, but then it had another one where I think it dipped 40, 45%. Bitcoin's probably done better than that last year, right? But so. So the volatility is one thing that sometimes leads people to believing that this is a scam. Someone's done a runner with the money. It's a big Ponzi scheme. Couldn't be further from the truth. I mean, if you look at the ecosystem, you look at the community support behind it, you've got some of the best programmers, developers, cryptographic minds um, behind the technology. There's so many. It's a, You've got to remember, it's an open source software application program, whatever you want to call it, network. And it's transparent. You know, you can go up 
onto GitHub, if anyone knows what GitHub is, and, and pull down the Bitcoin code as such, which is what a lot of these other cryptocurrencies are. They've actually forked the code from Bitcoin. They've taken the code because it's open source. It's available free online. You can pull the code down. They've tweaked it up and launched uh, an alternative cryptocurrency off the back of Bitcoin. So I've, I think that's we've got we've gone way past that now. And uh, I think um, people that use those sort of cheap shots are either, you know, trying to stack up all the Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies themselves, or they just haven't got a clue. I mean, PayPal is a classic example of that, right? You ain't going to see the, the CEO of PayPal say we're going to we're selling all of these scam tokens. They believe in the technology. They believe in the technology. So, would you buy Bitcoin over cryptocurrency or cryptocurrency over Bitcoin? Good question. Um, when I first started, I remember I bought some Bitcoin and. Um, after it tanked and I lost, like uh, like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, 30% of my sort of um, investment, I started looking at other cryptocurrencies like ICOs at the time. In 2017, it was about like new startups coming in. And I was investing left, right and center into different crypto projects, right? Not much, you know, a hundred pound here, a couple hundred here, you know, it's not, not big because it was quite risky at the time. And what I saw and what I believed in was all of these other cryptocurrencies. And I forgot about Bitcoin. I'd left it to the side. I didn't actually own any Bitcoin. I had more Ethereum than I had Bitcoin at that time. Over the last three or four years, I've gone from like, you know, my portfolio has gone from something like 70 or 80% in what they call altcoins, which are alternative coins, which are which is everything other than Bitcoin. So it's, that's gone from about, I used to have about 80% invested in those sorts of coins to the other way around where it's gone 75, 80% Bitcoin, if not more, and then about 20% in uh, alternative cryptocurrencies. And that's just because I'm quite certain Bitcoin is going to be um, around for a long time. It's going to be the most supported technology, money, network, um, I think out of, from from all of the other cryptocurrencies, it's going to be the one that I would say I'm certain that in 20 or 30 years time, we're still going to be talking about Bitcoin. So is there one last thing, one last thought you want to leave our viewers with regard to cryptocurrency and Bitcoin? Yeah, I mean, last thought would be, please go and research the technology. Have a look at have a look at Bitcoin. Have a look at some of the other crypto assets that are, are are around. Have a look at Ethereum, for example. Have a look at Cardano. Have a look at, you know, some of the other crypto projects. Get educated. Understand what the technology is about. Understand what blockchain is. Understand what smart contracts are. Understand, you know, where the industry is heading. We're moving to decentralized finance um, on the Ethereum network in particular. Start researching this stuff because this is the future. This is where we're heading, you know, and combined with other technologies like uh, augmented reality, virtual reality, IOTs, Internet of Things, you know, I, uh, artificial intelligence, machine learning, all of these sorts of um, you're seeing several projects in the crypto community that are using much of this technology. And we are heading in a completely digital um, age and Education, I think, is paramount and get some skin in the game. Start looking at some of these cryptocurrencies 
and don't miss out. Don't make the mistake that most of us did in the 90s, in the 2000s, where we missed that that huge tech, you know, bubble and pop, which then transpired into the biggest, you know, we'd been in the biggest bull run in history, right? 12 years in the, in the last, since 2008 anyway, so. Okay, well, thank you so much for your time this evening, Faraz, and... Uh, thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Today's show has been sponsored by www.teameasycrane.co.uk. We help you build your business and grow recurring profits. Thank you so much for listening, and don't forget to hit the subscribe button.